there's no cardinal attacking my windows at this point. And I... Oh, my God. This has been six weeks, maybe? Six weeks uh, of fun cardinal attacking. It's gotten worse and worse. Beautiful. And then we left, and then it's been like 85 bajillion degrees in Kansas, and there's been no cardinals attacking my windows. Now, will that return? There are lots of very nice days in the future where it's going to be rainy and cool. And so maybe that is just all this (laughs) this devilish cardinal's waiting for. But as it stands, there ought to be... It's a little little hot right now. Yeah. But yeah, it should should be nice and chill and uh, and we'll know because it will the the cardinal it, it has no problems letting us know so but anyways that's the the three episode saga which we have released bi-weekly so literally six weeks um hopefully this is the conclusion last time i to talk about it and now i'm going to start the show the we started a podcast it's a podcast born phoenix like from the ashes of last year's podcast i'm here to talk about all the things that are secrety and oozy to us uh i am your co-host jeff i don't want to talk about anything oozy i'm the other guy nick <laughs> and this is our podcast we like to come together and talk about some of the things that are fun and interesting us nick i have a thing that i wanted to talk about that Hit me that ta- that took me like a hot minute to actually understand how I felt about it. Uh, before I dive into it, though, when uh, so on your on your phone right now, if you were to get an email, would you get a notification? I would. You I would, would get a notification as long as it didn't go to, to as long as it goes to my primary folder. If it's like auto sorted okay. to promotions or spam, then okay. So here's the thing that happened recently. My wife needed my wife. Hold on. <laughs> Just for my own, just for my hey guys, own edification. Hey, hey, listeners, listeners, there's this brand new my joke. Wife. A, oh, my there wife. it is. That's, a, that's my new favorite joke. It's a brand new one. It's brand new. Um, it's okay. I, let I let still quote Anchorman to people that don't know. This is literally for my own, like I said, only for my own edification here. My wife. Um, <laughs> anyways. I, I still have like three Anchorman quotes that I still use all the time. And it's like, does anyone get them but me? No. Do I chuckle to myself afterwards? Uh, yeah, 100%. It just makes me happy. It does. Anyways, good. Uh, my spouse <laughs> needed to uh, log into my email to do something like six months ago or something like that. And I, at, we like at length, we've talked about notifications on this podcast and my own yes. personal opinions on things. And also we've talked about my own deficiencies as far as like, you know, responding to text <laughs> messages or it's, emails it's or, or right, voicemails yeah. and just like the gross. Or clearing neglig- out your 800 notifications. Or- yeah. Okay. Hold on. Just let's do a check in real quick. Uh, let's see how I'm doing. Cause I, I, I vowed to do better. What do you think I'm at with my text messages these days, Nick? 700, 742, uh, 822. Pretty close. Damn, pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. I said 800 originally. And then I was like, no, <laughs> he's trying to do better. <laughs> I, he's try- he's trying yeah. To I tried to do better. Um, so obviously that's going great. Um, really, really the man. shining star changed man. Really? I'd say <laughs> changed man. Um, but anyways, so my my wife needed to go into my email for something, so she logged into her phone. And I'm kind of an open book. I'm not sure how 
everybody is in their relationships with their spouse. But like, honestly, Nick, I would, I would let you know my main email password. Like I'm so open book. Like I don't, I don't care about anybody reading whatever I have in my email. Like I'm, I'm very, very, very don't care about that at all. Um, but my, my wife signed into my email and then she started getting notifications for all my emails. And I, I felt very weird about that and it took me a long time. This actually happened one other time and I finally convinced her to turn it off. Um, and it, but it felt like really like I was trying to hide something and I didn't like that yeah. wasn't the, that wasn't the spirit at all, but this, no, no, no. this most, so okay, this is, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. This is the important thing. So I, I have this exact same issue in, in a certain way. Um, so like I, we've talked about how I don't clear my emails out either. And Jen has asked me if I, if she wants me to clear out, like she's incredibly detailed and organized with all of her, her online spaces because she's, I don't know. She's like, not good person, or something like right. a robot. Um, and so she's asked me if I want to, when she's seen it and I'm like, no, God, no. And she's like, well, why are you like hiding something? Like, no, no, no. Here's what you can have the password. It's in our shared password app thing uh, that we use. And uh, she like all that. I've even been like, no, no, you can go look through. You can look through and see all the things that I should have deleted from 2014 if you'd like. But like the shame of her going through and having to <laughs> yes, deal with it. Exactly. It, is, it is purely shame is what it is. It is embarrassment at the fact that you are not handling something like an adult, even though you are an adult in every other way. You're like, no, 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 no. You can't clear out this mess and ask me do i still need my uh my freaking account validation email from freaking i don't know target from 2013 <laughs> i don't need you to ask me that question it will make me feel even worse okay <laughs> oh man yeah no that's 100 percent true and so like what happened was so she had signed in again recently after having turned off all the stuff before mm-hmm. and so like we were sitting there and then I would hear her phone or laptop ding and I was just like, oh, what's that? And, and it was it was my email notification. And I'm like, oh, like I didn't I, – it took me a long time to really feel why and, I didn't like and you, it. you know in your heart that it's a pointless email that you could have unsubscribed from and you could have made that yes. situation not happen if you had just persistently told, uh, you know, like – well, like, what it, what it Nordstrom into, that you don't no, want a follow what, 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 what I finally realized was it's like I ignore these for a reason and the thought that I'm having to care about them like uh-huh, secondarily uh-huh. through you is somehow yeah. like eight times worse it's like here like yeah, I, I swear yeah. like I, I please log into my email at any point any point I just don't want to hear the ding that I have an email that I have to ignore <laughs> Like I don't want that pressure. That's why I ignore them in the first you place. Need, you need to you need you need to come to terms with the fact that it is shame and Yeah. <laughs> no, it is there's no coming to the fact like yeah, I yes. know it is. I yeah, don't yeah. I, but like I don't want uh, that's exactly what it was like. Oh wow, every single time it's not like I oh, this is cuz like that's what I originally thought was like oh it's kind of cuz I'm like you know kind of an you know a private person or a person who would get like self-conscious about things. It wasn't that. Like I, that's what I thought it was at first. But no, it's like I don't want to face the fact that like all these things are things I should pay attention to. Because that's, I, that's a part of you you decided to car- right, compartmentalize. Yeah, like, that's that's over there with my voicemails where I never check things. <laughs> like, I don't that my unread text messages. Like I don't want any of these things. <laughs> Go away. But yeah, here you are, like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> like I don't want. No, log out. Set it off. Turn it off. I don't want it. This is terrible. This is bad it's, for it's, my mental it's health. It's bad. Exactly right. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like, look, that's a part of my life I've chosen to ignore for 10 years. If we try to uh, unwrap it now, it's no good. Right. No good. Yes. Like, I clearly have problems. It's fine. I'd appreciate it if I didn't get them dinged at me randomly while we're hanging out. Like, that's that's ultimately that. Yeah. Just go away. Go away. I don't. If, if I choose to have not notifications, I don't want them coming you know, third party to me. That's not okay. It's not okay at all. It is not. I, I 100,000% agree. I was going to pull up some like really random old one, but I just like, I mean, like it, scrolling through my email is taking me too long. You know what I mean? Like it, loading the next page is taking too long. Like I've got an Uber one deal or Uber, an Uber eats deal it, from, from Christmas telling me that I get a discount on Uber eat. I, I, I don't even have Uber eats. I don't even have Uber. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why is that? out of there why am i not deleted that why am i not unsubscribed leave me alone that's why <laughs> oh you made me open up my email to see if there's anything i wanted to like okay how many how many unread emails do you think i have right now in my, in uh, my... like ten thousand. like ten thousand. hey you know what nick you you did a better job this time you went slightly over i have nine thousand two hundred and fifty five. good stuff well i do have respected. 718 unwanted in another folder so that's about right yeah yeah i've got I've got a social folder that catches like you know just stuff that I don't care about. We, we have to, we have to move away. We gotta from, move on. We gotta I, move this on. is like the exact on. thing I was talking about. The anxiety this causes. So this is terrible. Um, have you played the video game Seven Billion Humans? No. I think. Uh, so first off, this is the thing that I think I'm gonna do as like a I don't know fun thing with my team uh, to play this game like in a couple different groups or something like that okay. uh, to compete against each other. Um, I think with the losers getting fired, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, resign them to that yet, but depending on how bad they do. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Just kidding. Um, I don't think any of them have any idea that this exists, but just in case you do, don't worry. I'm not gonna fire you before. Um, but no, the, I don't think they would have taken that seriously. I, well, (laughs) I don't think you had to preface that one. This is for HR. Um, I, but no, anyways, so I think that the video game, 7 billion humans might be the single best way to learn programming that has ever existed ever maybe question mark oh really um and for any like i uh, i think it uh, i think it's on ios right now for like five bucks and if there's anybody out there who's even remotely interested in doing programming for a profession um you should play this game it is like it gives you assignments of like what you want the things on the screen to do, and it gives you actually pretty relevant um, commands that are like kind of like pseudocode, uh, what you would have. On, but like it all translates really well to like any major programming language. Um, like it just you know does some directional things and loops and uh, conditional uh, checks and things like that. Uh, and it's all like it's all super super relevant to like real life things and. I've thought for a long time, and there's a there's a non-zero chance that in the almost two years we've done this podcast that I've talked about this one other time. I don't I don't believe you have. I don't believe okay. You have. Well, anyways, th- so I I it's it released on the Switch like three years ago or something like that, Ooh. and I I beat the game, and I I literally would put that 
above all the classes I've done for computer science. Uh, it Damn. is, it is the, it, it does such a gentle job of teaching you the like general, like problem solving sort of things you need to do in programming. And it's fun, which is obviously a huge plus, but yes. it's also like handles, like teaching you how to uh, handle uh, like variables in memory and that, like and handle positions and doing doing checks uh, before doing calculations or doing cumulative calculations and it's just the it's done in such a great way that I really don't think any class I've ever taken or been like privy to has done um, and I I would recommend it I think it should be like a I, I literally think it should be a class for everybody in the computer Dude. science. Like, it is so good. And it's not, like, so good in the sense, like, it teaches you, um, like, the concepts and introduces you to how to do some basic programming. I think it's, like, beneficial at a higher level than that. Like, it is... It does do those things. Like it teaches you general concepts, like what a loop is and uh, what an iterator is and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it introduces you through problem solving in a way that is not how actual programming classes teach you. And I do think that the problem solving part of it is actually the hardest part. And so, anyways, a long I, way to I completely say. agree with that. I, I uh, just. Like, this is not important, but I just feel like yeah. I want to validate you. Please uh, interrupt you're, me. Yeah, you're good. No, um, like, I agree with that. The, the courses that, I, that I've that i struggled to retain the most are the courses where you implement a, pro, like you implement a new concept without uh, applying it to a larger project, right? Like, the, the courses where you, you you know, you use, uh, you use like, inheritance to create a class that, that matters is a more important, or, like, that, that can benefit from using inheritance is a better way to put yeah. that, is a better course than one that just says okay make something that inherits from something else because you're, right. you're not yeah, learning yeah. right um and like you know uh I, i'm sure loops are an easy one to show how how those can be beneficial anywhere um and like basic concepts i think all the basic concepts are the easiest ones to learn how they apply but my my point is just that like i, I agree with you i think that you know i've had professors who you know like i didn't get a lot out of it because i just didn't know how to apply some of the concepts well and i, I still think back to like certain courses and i'm like uh yeah 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 i'm proficient in that like yeah like on a purely theoretical level like yeah and i yeah. haven't touched it in two years don't worry about it it's not <laughs> important but like uh so legitimately seven billion humans a video game it's a fun game if you are even remotely interested in any sort of uh programming or a computer science sort of profession and you're like i wonder what this will be like in real life that is one the best learning tool but also two the most realistic simulation of like what my day-to-day is bar in like bar none bar any sort of youtube anything that you've ever learned about like oh this is how you do blah 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 data science or whatever it ultimately comes down to creative problem solving and this sort of stuff is like that in a nutshell like it is in a fun way that is gentle to like take you along the path uh but then ultimately throws you out there to figure it out and i I, i've done school stuff over like back 
in 2010, 2009, like where I learned some computer science stuff. I've learned some computer science stuff through formal education here recently. Uh, there's nothing that has been as good as this stupid video game. Uh, it is, it, it's, un, it's, it's unapologetically uh, coding, like it's teaching you how to code like with this sort of stuff like it's not trying to hide what it is uh but it does so in such a fun way and that is so actually representative of how you actually have to do this sort of stuff and oh. i i love it it's it's fantastic and it's funny too that's that's a plus i always uh, i think uh those kinds of games need to be like a little self-aware and a little fun um i am Oh, what what console do you think uh, did, did you try it on, and like, did, does it like lend itself well to iOS or? So I originally played it on Switch. Uh, I think it was like flipping like nineteen or twenty bucks on Switch, so a little little pricey. Um, I when I was going to maybe do some stuff with my team, I did uh, today buy it on iOS. It was like uh, actually it was four ninety nine. Or something like that. Um, I guess and, the question is, did it feel limited by either of those platforms if you tried? Yeah, it? yeah. So uh, it is completely fine to play on iOS. Like, cool. Completely, because it's all drag and drop of code. You don't have to type anything unless you want to make notes, uh, which I do. I, the, you will, you'll eventually want to make notes, like to to yourself to keep yourself uh, uh, aware of why you did a particular block of code and stuff like that. Um, but it is, it is totally fine, and honestly. The notes part of it works better on iOS than it does on Switch because typing on Switch obviously has challenges, whereas um, typing on iOS is a keyboard, which we all are aware of. So that 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 part works really well. So honestly, I think I haven't gone super into the hard part yet on iOS, but uh, having beat the entire game on Switch and having played the first bit of it on iOS, I think iOS, especially for the price of four ninety nine. Hundred hundred percent recommend. I think that is it. It is a really it's it's a puzzle game above all puzzle games that also has infinite value for actually teaching people how programming in the real world works more than anything I've ever seen, That's including cool. including the stinking schools that are supposed to teach you how it works. So <laughs> nothing nothing but a glowing endorsement from from me. Uh, I, I I think it's great. Well said. Uh, damn damn. That's high praise. High praise, Nick. Uh, speaking of high praise or low praise or praise in general, books. Okay, okay. This isn't really specific to books. Uh, my thing is not a long topic or an interesting topic, but I just want to like get at you with it. Do you have any like pet peeves in storytelling? Because I have one that's like rankling me pretty hard, and it just it's it's like I don't think that other people care about this. I'm sure I do, but given the lack of time between the when i started this sentence and where i am now i don't think i, I haven't, haven't thought of anything but definitely i i can probably think of some things but yeah tell me what are your what's your this, pet peeve I, i'm not even sure this is substantial enough to uh to be a topic so if you delete that's fine this or delete, whatever yeah, yeah. but I, I had to get it off my chest and that's the reason i say that is like i had to get this off my dude i cannot stand when the main character in a book is, is particularly prominent in books more than t- tv shows and such as I, I believe but like when the main character in the book is just a fucking a freaking power fantasy and what i i cannot stand what it is obvious that it is like just a power fantasy for the author for this character to be for the main character to just be all of the awesome in all of the ways that you could ever oh, hope yeah it's like they're unbelievably clever because their parents taught them to read and it's like what's 
Like, it's not, not sufficient to be like, ah, but I loved to read, and therefore I learned 14 languages by the time I was nine. And also I could pick up any mathematical concept through all... No, that's not, that's not how it works. I like to read, too. I was a little nerdy boy, too. I still only speak the one language. It's not... Ah. Um, I think this is mostly, like, a, a fiction, fantasy, whatever thing. But it just takes me out of stories entirely. And it, like, is detracting from a book that... Uh, from an audiobook that I'm otherwise loving. And I told you about last time we spoke, which was the, uh, the King Killer Chronicle book, book one, uh, The Name of the Wind. Yeah. And it's really good. And it's, it's very, very charming. And it's got a great setting. And yada, yada, yada. I've been listening to it while riding my bike or driving. And it's been very uh, fun and casual to listen to. And extra in all the fun ways that you want a fantasy series to be. And and also, at the same time, I have to listen to how genius this boy is because he's the best boy. Because oh, I don't gross. know, he I don't just, like it. it. Right? I don't right, like exactly. it. Exactly. I don't like it. I already <laughs> like. Either. I'm already like a. Crit- a critic of fantasy or fan, like just non or sorry fiction in general so like there are certain things i do love like don't get me wrong like some of my most uh-huh. favorite things are fiction but man i do i do have like uh a, like a, a waterfall of things that might make things not be okay for me to l- like listen to or read and uh-huh. I, I would say what you what you described is definitely a potential um, deal breaker for me. Yep. It, it's really weird because um, I I have been on such a crazy nonfiction kick that even like the idea yeah. of that like I I if, I, like, even, if I even sniffed that in a million years I would just back off so quickly right now. Um, but no, like I, I totally agree. Uh, realistic fantasy, uh, like a real uh, in fiction in general, a realistic protagonist uh, is really a big, big, big important thing for me. And if I don't have something that's kind of that, then it's really hard for me to. It's like it's not grounded on. in humanity. I don't need it to be grounded in physics. I don't really care about the details of physics. But I need like it's the same thing with um with like even in in fiction that isn't uh you know explicitly uh that isn't fantasy right mm-hmm. like like 1984 we t- we've talked about on here before 1984 has very fantastical situations right like i mean the the, the circumstances of the future in 1984 um with the three major uh the three major uh countries that have like you know had this decimated the world is fantastical and unrealistic in a lot of ways right you have to like suspend yeah. your disbelief about how they got there in some ways you can see the circumstances but the thing that grounds it is the humanity Right, the thing that makes it profound and interesting is the humanity of it all, like of the of the people and like your connection to the people. And I, I I've been on the opposite end where I haven't gone through like I've been struggling so much with nonfiction for this last mm-hmm. year or so. Um, while you've been on your great kick, and part of it is I just want something like entertaining to enjoy while I'm <clears throat> going about like when I'm either riding or driving, and that's like the main place that I'm listening to audiobooks. And I have a hard time like being very attentive to nonfiction, and if I am not attentive to it, then I feel like it's it's a waste of time and yada yada. But the important thing, the, my point is, dude, I, I don't even know what the point of a story is if the story is just like, think of how cool this guy would be if he was, if, if we could have somebody this cool. <laughs> it just doesn't take the point of that. Yeah, yeah. You're so, not saying anything. I, I, will, I will put my own, you know, favorite sort of book on the uh, ch- potential chopping block here. But I, I do feel like um, I walked the line the entire time when reading uh, Project Hail Mary, uh, which yeah. is the Andy, Andy Weir novel, where it is definitely, wow, this crazy guy 
guy does really cool things the entire time. And that, like, it was always on the tipping edge of potentially falling uh-huh. off the wrong side of that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It, it, for, for me personally, it fell on the side of okay every time but only just because because by golly is that like a really cool guy does amazing things and and andy weir is um i mean his critics are if anything that exactly um back with the martian and stuff like that like that is like well that's completely ridiculous and it and and it is completely ridiculous it just slid under the the threshold for me this isn't like a deal breaker or can't you you can't have fun in other ways in the story, right? Like, there's other ways that the story could still be good. Yeah, but I could I could see why people would get, like, annoyed by that sort of thing. Like, 100%. Like, I... And I would not blame them for it at all. It's so hard. Because um, I, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that part of where this comes from is, like, um, writing characters without, like, an expertise or an understanding of, like, what... You know what I mean? Like, you often... Yeah. Uh, like, that circumstance uh, where the, the the person in Project Hail Mary, the character in Project Hail Mary, for our listeners, is a public school teacher who, like, came, who like exited academia but was otherwise uh, an expert in this one scientific field, this one, like, narrow scientific field. And, like, you years and years after leaving academia in like uh through tons of conflict that person uh was needed to go on this crazy experimental scientific or not experimental scientific mission uh into space and yada yada who cares the point of this all is to say i think where it gets like fantastical and almost unbelievable and like silly is to think about like why would this random school teacher be so capable at all this stuff especially (laughs) if they've left academia for forever and like it's like you and then you have to start like filling the gaps with like just nonsense of like ah but, but they're they're enterprising spirits and they were just of course they, yes yeah we've just recognized how fantastic they are right i also think that it, like um there's like there's an easy an easy to do thing in storytelling of just making the the main person like the greatest because you know of course they're the greatest like I, we want the main person to be an awesome protagonist we can all look up to it's like uh, a chosen one circumstance is not actually very interesting in most cases yeah. it's just it's just yeah. Yep. No, 100%. Like that it it sounds it looks good on paper, but yeah, not how that actually works. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've derailed this pretty hard there. No, no, it's okay. So, I'm going to I'm going to pop us back in. So, um the thing I want to, that I actually looked into a little bit this week uh and and actually a little bit before this week too. Uh it was a thing I had popped into some show notes or of my own back a while ago and then realized why it had started to show up here and there. Which is kind of a weird thing where you hear a historical thing that happened a little bit. And then you find out that there is like a show that's being (laughs) made or a movie that's being made because of it. And you're just like, wow, there's a 0% chance this would have came across my radar. I guarantee it. Unless there was ulterior motives by the media (laughs) company that was turning this into a movie. Which is just, I don't know. That's very, very strange. Um, it is bizarre. It's it's bizarre to think that like your your random happenstance and random things that you think about could be influenced by like well, and it's like it's stuff, very right? it's very not random. Like uh, some some random person at the uh, whatever company it was that made this knew that if if they wanted this to be a success, they needed to start planting the the seed that is the the interesting story uh, of this 
uh, uh, I don't even know how I would describe it. Um, this is the same as the uh, that one phenomenon we just talked about, isn't it? It's the same thing as uh, as the guy who uh, you know. Oh God, I should know this, but the the name of the phenomenon is uh, is such a an obtuse random name. But it's the guy who I, I we talked about this a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so basically, what I so first off, this is a thing that is now a movie. I when I originally came across this, I did not realize that this was getting turned into a movie. I thought it was very interesting, and so I put it into my notes, and then I realized later on that this had turned into a movie. I'm like, well, I guess we should talk about this, because it is kind of crazy. Um, Do you know the movie uh, Jerry and Marge Go Large? No, I do not. What is Jerry and Marge Go Large? (laughs) Nick, do you like... A good old-fashioned promotion that goes poorly, because that's exactly what this is going to be. Uh, Can I tell you that, like, I know that Schadenfreude is bad in all cases. I don't know (laughs) if I pronounced that right. Uh, But that I really, really do like when promotions go poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't worry. Here we go. So... Oh man, I just I love some really bad marketing. Uh, man, so that's what great. I'm. I like it's so. Is there something cathartic about it? Something good in the world? It's <laughs> it's mathematically <laughs> terrible, and I love it. It's so good. Okay, so in 2003, uh, there was a lottery that uh, happened in Michigan, where if the main lottery did not hit, so meaning like if the original. <laughs> five or six numbers like if nobody had those original five or six numbers then the lottery would roll down to four number winners or three number winners etc etc Okay. And actually, based on my notes, six numbers. So if there was no six number winner, meaning if there's nobody who had all of the numbers, then all of the profits would roll down to uh, the, the, the people who had five numbers. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so what this came out to be was in th- what they and honestly i actually did um look at the actual math behind this and they at that point were based on what the average number of purchases of tickets were going to happen still going to make a profit but only because the number of tickets they were going to have was not enough to be the ultimate, uh, like, there, there is a threshold of where if there's enough tickets bought from this strategy after there is no six ticket winner or six number winner, that it turns into a losing proposition. And so, basically, the people that designed this thing did not anticipate a lot of people buying tickets. Basically, like that—that's what it came out to be. Because if okay. they had mathematically, they're going to lose money, uh, which is which is not a not a great thing to do uh, when you are trying to run a a lottery. Right. So there was the retired couple of Jerry and Marge. Uh, Jerry was a long time factory worker guy. I don't remember exactly what he did, um, but he had retired recently. And without talking to his wife, uh, realized that this had happened and felt like he had a very good chance to win and uh, ultimately invested what ended up being about two or three thousand dollars and won six thousand dollars, which is not crazy. Like, that's definitely a big like that's a good, good chunk of change for sure. Nobody's going to turn down a couple thousand dollars, Um, but not. You know, nothing. Nothing 
nothing to nothing make a huge dent in retirement. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and then uh, he made another investment of eight thousand dollars. I think this is about the time that he got his wife involved as well. They're, by the way, uh, they're I think both still living and are literally the most wonderful people to watch on YouTube. Aww. Like they are so interesting and fun to listen to. So from all this, definitely go watch a, a video of them. This whole story is so great from their mouths, much more than mine. Um, okay. But anyway, so they. They ended up spending $8,000, and they doubled their money that time. So that was like, basically what they had done was mathematically, um, mathematically Jerry had done the the statistics on the thing and if they bet enough money given like you know within a couple standard deviations like he was for sure going to if nothing else break even but much 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 more likely he was going to make money the more they bet and so and and so they did <laughs> so um he they continued to um make bigger and bigger bets they started to get into a position where they were going past the limitations that the machine could do in a 24-hour period. So, like, they, they would show up and they're like, we want to invest $8,000 and, like, that's going to take all day. Uh, and the place that they had originally gone to, like, they, they would honor it to the best of their ability, but it got to be an issue. And then, okay. and then um, Michigan shut down that particular lottery. Uh, their quote-unquote reasoning for it was that it was unpopular, but I definitely, definitely think that it had to do. And it's not, With, it's not an unpopular opinion to think that it was just Jerry because March. they did not realize why they were losing so much money. Yep, yeah, I was going to say just exposed the, the issue, right? Yeah. So they ended up finding a, another... Uh, place that was doing a very similar game with the like the kind of the wind the waterfall the windfall uh, style lottery uh, that yeah. was out in Massachusetts. So uh, to get to from Michigan to Massachusetts was like an all day trip, and they would have to do uh, a lot of money again to make that break even. So they they did like an initial test run of the game in Massachusetts. They had similar results, and then they started to try to get more people in their town to buy in to their uh, idea that they could like basically take money and turn a huge profit on it. So they started a business and they sold shares at $500 a share. <laughs> they ended up having 25 people that were a part of uh, their shareholders uh, in back in 2005. So we're at this point only a couple of years into all this stuff. Um. So the the game in uh, I quite like this. this. Yeah, no, it's just it, I it's just, it's just a love it's a lovely thing. So Michigan's game they shut down because quote unquote lack of sales. Uh, Massachusetts uh, was the closest place that had a similar game. They tested it out. At this point, they had twenty five shareholders in their uh, as company as you do. Um, what ended up happening, Nick? Uh, in the like as this continued to grow they would go to a particular uh like gas station i believe it was they would spend their 
10 hours a day for 10 days straight to buy all of the tickets uh, in order to, before like all the, the numbers were called. And they did that seven times per year. I love it. Like that was their company's, like that's what they did. They took investors' oh, money. They showed up at this place. They spent 10 hours a day for 10 days. They would get all of these tickets. Uh, then they would wait until the actual winning numbers got called. And then they would by hand, Nick, by hand, they would go through and check to see which of these were winners. And they would then store. And they would always get winners. And they would win. Every- oh, I love it so much. I'm sorry. Yeah. So they, they would take all the winners and they would walk into the place to cast them all out. And then they would take like the thousands and thousands. Actually, what it ended up being. They had 18 million losing tickets that they stored in tubs just in case they got audited by the IRS. Just like to prove that they were on the up and up on this with their business. They're, which uh, which was by like the way, a lot. The, 18 million is a lot, Nick. The, the lottery companies are the ones that, that failed here. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. lottery companies set up a system that was beatable. I, I do not believe that these kinds of things should be. I mean, like, we should audit them. We should make sure that they are on the up and up. But like those kinds of people should not get in any kind of freaking trouble for, for uh, you know, understanding how the system is made. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Um, during this time, there was also a group of kids from MIT that figured out that like this style of gambling or this style of lottery, ultimately, if it did go to the the water uh, waterfall or windfall uh, lottery style, it would not be profitable for the lottery in general if people spent enough money. And so they also did a kind of similar thing where they got a lot of people to invest money so that they could buy a bajillion tickets and make a lot of money. Um, Ultimately, this did get leaked to uh, a newspaper and then quickly got shut down by uh, Massachusetts as well. But Nick, I just want to say, I don't. I, I just want to say, one, this is a, a danger of things getting too big for them, uh, for for what, for like mm-hmm. not good. And two, like somebody was snitched, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, um, I. This is kind of like one of the sh- probably most sh- brief topics that will be a main topic that we talk about. But um, so the. The MIT group got involved that ended up getting leaked to the Boston Globe uh, and then ultimately got shut down. But Nick, the main guy who started it, uh, so uh, Jerry Selby, he ended up having his uh, six kids, uh, 14 grandkids uh, and 10 great grandkids all had... uh, all their college paid for through this Hell thing. Hell yes. Um, he ended up making twenty seven f- he ended up making he ended up making twenty seven million dollars from this. Yes, let's go. And not to mention all the other money that the other shareholders made. Um, the MIT crew that also figured this out made similar amounts of money. Um, and yeah, they, they basically forced the uh, the what's it the they they forced the Massachusetts um, lottery to shut down temporarily, uh, especially this particular game. Turns out, Nick, if you have a game where if enough people spend enough money that they make money, they'll find a way to get enough people to invest that amount of money. Uh, and so, yeah, if you if you have a mathematical game that does not favor the house, so good. it's not yeah, correct. It's not great. 
That's but, why, I mean, isn't there, I, I, I don't know this is a fact, but I'm pretty sure that that's, like, why casino, like, not just why, but, like, if casinos had games that were 50-50, like, they would have, like, a financial responsibility to shareholders to make it not. Yeah, uh, no, uh, you I mean, it, it, the same you, if you've ever water. walked into a casino, they're typically very nice. They don't pay that on uh, deficit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You walk into the uh, casino and it's like the chandelier has no lights. It couldn't afford the lights. Just, right, uh, just those got, those like, are the casinos yeah, you want to go wiring. to. Those are the ones you want. <laughs> like if they're barely keeping the lights on, those are, that's the right. casino you want to find. Our slots only have sevens and cherries, and it's just not working <laughs> out for us. Well, we don't know so, what the problem is. <laughs> Have a good time. <laughs> but it's true. It's true of, of lotteries in general, right? Like, like lotteries are, are like meant to be and like are have to be in order to exist profitable for the people who run them. And I know that that doesn't mean like you can't get, uh, you know, win more than you pay in a lottery. Uh, I'm not shaming anyone for using a lot. But like, you know, yeah. just, we, sh- we should all be aware, right? Like lotteries and casinos and gambling in general in any capacity, they are designed for the people who set it up to win, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> they yeah. Are, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, like I said before. Take a look around. They didn't do this on a deficit. So. <laughs> right, right. Um, it was actually a really interesting thing, too, because when they originally started to get, when they got the original tip for this, they started to do, like, criminal investigations and, like, were, like, expecting this to be some sort of, you know, big, like, drug ring or, like, some mafia thing. <laughs> Turns out, yeah, it was just people that were better at math than the people that were at the state lottery. Uh, so, some nerds in a college and a nice old man from Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, is in it all is on the complete up and up on both sides. Uh, so everybody walked away and they're just like, yeah, well, this was a mistake. My bad. Our, our bad. Congratulations <laughs> on your on millions me. of dollars. That's, that's hilarious and fantastic. And I love it for, for Jerry and Marge. I'm yes. For them. Um, so I, I said it before. There is actually a uh, a movie out about this uh, that I realized after I had done some of the initial legwork on some of this. Um, it is uh like a, a Jerry and Marge go large and it has uh, Brian Cranston as the the old guy who figures it out originally uh, which is the breaking bad guy if you're not familiar yep. I bring I love Brian Cranston yeah Actually, he's <laughs> um, a human treasure and the guy who is at the first ga- uh, gas station, like the, the main gas station in Massachusetts, is the is uh, none other than Rain Wilson from The Office. Uh, so Dwight uh, with a beard, and so that's that's great. It. It's it is a very it's like. 30% cheesy, uh, but it's a good laugh, a good time. We actually haven't finished it yet, so I can't like completely give it a review. But it's it's a, like just a happy little version of it all. Uh, so if you want a very lighthearted uh, take on a true story, it's 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 a good one. Sounds like a good time. Have a Sounds good time. pretty fun. Pretty chill. Anyhow, Nicholas, we should call this good. Um, yeah, so if you want to. We have this one where we talk about things. We also have our Patreon podcast where we talk about things. Most recently, talk about video games, talk about Formula One, talk about downhill racing on bicycles. Uh, that That is our Patreon podcast, which you can find on patreon.com forward slash tie what's up.
You can also find all of that at... Sorry, sorry, sorry. At everywhere. You can find where all Where podcasts that. are sold. We are also... You can also follow us at Tyler's App on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, and you can find all of that at tywasapp.com or wherever podcasts are sold. Which yeah, Nicholas, speaking of selling things, uh, so much for... Thank you so much for potting with me. And if you find... So much for if you find a bunch of winning lottery tickets, please let me know. I'd be more than happy to get in on some weird, uh, weird pyramid scheme of lottery tickets with you. I, 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 try, sh- I think it, you used pyramid scheme wrong there. That's not a pyramid scheme for Jerry and Mark. No, they, they it's won, not. They did it's, great. it's actually very specifically not. It's yeah. just, yeah. So Nick, uh, I, I, I tell always you say that because we will not be, we will not be defaming Jerry and Marge's good name on this no, podcast. No. And if you find a way to turn a 80% profit in today's economy, I am okay with that. You let me know. I will, I will let you know. <laughs> yeah, and don't tell any oh. of our listeners. I'll be like well, unlikely. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell them account. to get them to invest in our uh, amazing uh, lottery defaming uh, scheme, and we'll have uh, not scheme. You know what I mean? Defaming. I, Nick, have you heard word. about NFTs? Oh man, I got some good NFTs for you to invest in. Okay, that's that's where the podcast ends. Thank you all so much for <laughs> potting with us. This is you're welcome. This has been the year we started the podcast. I just said you're welcome to yourself, myself. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Got it in one. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>